Your ability to succeed in marriage is making God the head of your relationship. Hi everyone and welcome to Fusion Marriage Podcast with Madonna. This is where I'd like us to take the opportunity to discuss how to draw closer to your spouse by drawing closer to God, how to bring up children in the family, the God kind of way, finances, in-laws and so much more. I've been married for 13 years and counting by God's grace and I'd like to share some of my experiences and challenges and how I've learned to overcome it through prayer and the word of God. I hope you find these podcast sessions useful. Thank you. Welcome to today's episode, More to Communication, which is the final part of the communication series. On the previous episode, I spoke about the types of communication and how important it is to pay attention to our verbal, non-verbal, written communication as well as our listening skills. On today's episode, I'd like to share how we've tweaked our communication style over the years and how this has worked for us. The first thing to pay attention to is the way we communicate. This is usually determined by our backgrounds, values and mostly personality. Sometimes you hear people say, I'm a very open person. What you see is what you get. I can't beat around the bush or I just hit the nail on the head. But in marriage, no matter how right you may be, there's so much shock a person can take if you're constantly hitting the nail on the head. So there's times where you need to tweak your style to land the same message. It is very important to always speak the truth and be honest about how you feel when you communicate with your spouse. But the Bible recommends a way we need to do this. In Ephesians 4.15, the Bible says, Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. There's a way in marriage that you need to speak the truth. You need to approach it in love and humility that makes it an easy pill for your spouse to swallow. Let me share this story with you. After I had my second son, my hair started shedding a lot. Men, just to explain what shedding is, this is when combing your hair, more hair coming out than usual. So my hairdresser advised me to do a protective hairstyle. That's putting my hair in plaits or weave as it's protected from the weather and constant combing. Bear in mind, I always have my own hair out all seasons. And since Isaac and I got married, he's never seen me in anything apart from my own hair. As weaves and plaits is not really my style. I called Isaac on the phone and told him what I was about to do. He didn't buy into the idea, but he didn't stop me either. I decided to go with a crochet weave because I was advised this was easy to manage and doesn't pull on your edges. Because it was my first time doing it, I thought I won't put lots of extension in, in, in my hair to make it look a bit more natural. Isaac can be brutally honest sometimes. And when I got home and he saw my hair, he was like, what is this? It's not nice. You need to take it off. Isaac then took a closer look all round and then asked me if I'd seen the back of my hair. Thinking about it now is very funny, but then it wasn't, trust me. I then asked him what was wrong with the back of my hair. And he said, "Um, there are patches at the back with no extensions and asked if the hair pieces got finished. No acknowledgement. Hi, how are you? How was your day? How was the hairdressers? At that point, I burst into tears and told him, 
I asked for less hair to be used because I wanted it to look natural. The point I'm trying to make here is, Isaac spoke the truth and was honest about how the hairstyle looked, but he didn't do it in love. You can imagine how I felt after that conversation. I felt hurt. If Isaac had presented the same message differently, it wouldn't have caused any tears, but rather I'd have appreciated the honest opinion. Couples, let's always speak the truth in love. The same message wrapped in love and grace would yield a different response. Let us appreciate our differences as men and women in our marriages. Men, the Bible says in 1 Peter 3 verse 7. I'll read the Amplified Version because it explains it better. In the same way, you husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, with great gentleness and tact, and with an intelligent regard for the marriage relationship, as with someone physically weaker, since since she is a woman. Show her honor and respect as a fellow her of the grace of life, so that your prayers will not be hindered or ineffective. Husbands, please be mindful of how you communicate with your wife. A very simple message that might not be offensive to you men might be difficult to take and offensive to a wife. But if you think about it carefully before and repackage your message in a different way, it might be easier for your wife to take in. The next point to have Um, I want to talk about is avoiding the silent treatment. Your husband or wife is not a mind reader. If you're not happy with something, ask the Holy Spirit to give you the wisdom to be able to communicate it and ask the Holy Spirit to touch your spouse's heart to receive your message. Women, stop having a moody countenance, being morose and giving straight answers. I'm sure by now you should have worked out it doesn't work. I've done this in the past and I noticed it only pushed Isaac away. He would ask me a couple of times if I'm okay. If I say yes but still moody, he then finds other ways to keep himself occupied and happy without me. I'm sure you know how painful it is when you see your husband who is annoying you happy watching sports and enjoying their own company. Please save yourself prolonged suffering and just address the issue. Men, refrain from not eating at home or coming home late just because you're upset with your wife. This will only worsen the situation and this doesn't resolve the problem. You'd have only pushed resolving it to another day. The silent treatment usually doesn't work. It only takes away joy from the home and brings unnecessary tension. This is particularly difficult if you are the extroverted one that brings joy in your home. Your silence may dampen the mood in the home and affect those around you. The silent treatment is usually a temporal solution to your problem as the root cause is still yet to be tackled. I think it's like taking paracetamol for malaria. It will help with the headache, which is a symptom, but unless you take the bitter pill of chloroquine, which is the communication, you aren't going to get treated for the disease. You will find yourself going round in circles to the same issue as it hasn't been addressed. I recommend you read 2 Samuel Samuel, um, verse 13, chapter 13, sorry, which shows the result of not communicating. This is a story of King David's son Amnon raping Tamar, the beautiful sister of Absalom, who was also King David's son. Absalom was upset about how his father King David dealt with the situation, so he took matters in his own hand and murdered Amnon. He eventually turned out to be a rebellious son who eventually got killed. Absalom had only spoken to his father King David and shared how he felt about his sister's rape, perhaps 
his father would have also shared how he felt about his daughter who had been raped and how he was coping with it. And together, they could have worked it out. Husband or wife, if you are struggling with a situation in your marriage, refrain from being silent. First talk to God about it in prayer before you approach your spouse. If you don't feel ready to speak to your spouse about it, please speak to your pastor or a matured Christian. Seek counsel on how to deal with it. The Bible says in Proverbs 11 verse 14, where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Please don't suffer in silence in your marriage because the devil has a way of magnifying your problems. Dear listener, please pay attention to what I'm going to say and make every effort to help your spouse when you notice they are trying to end their silence. Make room to be welcoming and encourage any steps taken to address issues or talk. This is not time to pay back or drag issues. On the other hand, there are also times where being silent is okay or needed. This is when you are led by the Holy Spirit to keep quiet about a certain issue whilst you pray for your spouse to get convicted. This is very different to the silent treatment where you ignore your spouse, but rather during this time, you are still expected to act normally and still show love to your spouse. The last point I'd like to talk about is the influence of the Holy Spirit. When you read the story of Queen Esther in Esther 4 verse 15, we see Esther asking his uncle Mordecai to gather the Jewish people to pray and fast for her while she was also doing the same before approaching the king. In those days, if you hadn't been called to the king and you approached his inner court, you were at risk of execution. There are times in our marriages where we need to discuss sensitive issues with our spouse. During these times, we need to pray for the leading of the Holy Spirit on when to address the issue, how to address the issue, or even if we're meant to address the issue. The Holy Spirit can prepare the heart of your spouse and prompt you when you have to have the conversation. Other times, the Holy Spirit will prompt you not to do anything at all. God always has a way of convicting your spouse without your intervention. Another beautiful lesson from the story of Esther is that Esther had that one godly person in her life who could influence her to do the right thing. That was her uncle Mordecai. In our marriages, both husband and wife need that one person who they respect and listen to, who can step in to mediate if things ever get to a difficult place. What I'm not saying is that everything that happens in your marriage or any issue that you face, you run to this person. But this is a person your spouse knows, no matter what the situation is, they'll give you godly counsel. And because of your respect you have for this person, you will do it. Like Esther, she was left with no choice but to approach the king after her uncle had spoken to her. There's so much more to communication, but on this episode, we've only touched on speaking the truth in love, avoiding the silent treatment, and depending on the Holy Spirit to effectively communicate with your spouse. I hope this has been a blessing to you, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed it and see you on the next Fusion podcast.